Hello and welcome to Weekly Weird News, brought to you by Cutting the Bull and the Post Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben, and as always, I'm hanging out with Mike, Hello. Claire, hey. and Pete. Hello! This is our sister show to Cutting the Bull and the Post Truth Apocalypse, where we delve into the world of internet madness for a week. We find the weirdest news articles you can find and present them to you in a one after the other, easy to follow format. It's called Weird News, let's do it. As we're recording this, which is the week that the Queen Elizabeth II has passed away, we've had to have some Queen-related news. Yeah. Because it's all that's in the fucking news at the moment. I had to go on Twitter to find out how the war in Ukraine was going. <laughs> Why? Why do you want to know how it's going? Because the Ukrainians have launched a counter-attack. Mm. Have they? The tanks have gone forward, they've built, been building up, they've, they've pushed back at them. And I wanted to know how it was going. All that's on the BBC is the fucking Queen. But we do get a bank holiday, so we're right. Hey. Even so. So the royal beekeeper must inform palace bees that the Queen has died in a bizarre tradition. Does he do a little dance? We'll find out. A bizarre dance. Make a little Get down tonight. Get down tonight. John Chapel, the official palace beekeeper, made the poignant journey to the hive yesterday after news of the Queen's death where he carried out the ancient ritual. The bizarre ancient tradition has seen the royal beekeeper tell palace bees the Queen has died. In whispered tones, the insects have been informed they have a new master, <laughs> King Charles III. And they're going to understand him. Darth King Charles yeah. III. I love that they inform they have a new master. Yeah. So, I am above your queen. Well, we've been told we've had a new master too. Yeah, but they're bees. <laughs> and we're humans. They've, got, they've already got a queen. They've got like a double queen at this point. No, oh, it's just some, some symbolic bullshit, in it? Oh, it's kind of sweet. The sad news was broken to the bees at hives in the grounds of Buckingham Palace and Clarence House. John Chapel, 79, the official palace beekeeper, made the journey to the locations on Friday after news of the Queen's death. Black ribbons were then tied in bows on the hives where thousands of bees live. And he killed the Queen's. So I knew how it felt. <laughs> he didn't kill the Queen's. He went over, grabbed the Queen, and whispered to the bees... You know you've all got a queen? Well, guess what? We did as well. But now she's gone. <laughs> Squeezes it. And says, now you know how we feel. Now you and have then a... just, like, disappears away. Now you have a new master, King Charles III. <laughs> he is the king of all bees. <laughs> have we checked that Charles isn't actually a giant bee? We haven't. Should I do a quick fact check? I think you should go to London and frisk you immediately. If he's got a stinger, he's a bee. Well, I think he could take off with them ears. I won't, check <laughs> I, won't, I won't check it out on Google. I'll use my non-censored one. Is King Charles really a bee? So, no, he's his not. Name again? <laughs> Mr Chapel told Mail Online, I'm at the highs now, so I presume he's on the phone to them, and it's traditional when someone dies that you go to the hives and say a little prayer and put a black ribbon on the hives. I drape them with a black ribbon on a, on a bow. The person who has died is the master or mistress of the hives. Someone important in the family who dies, and you don't get any more important 
the queen, do you? So you knock on each hive and say, the mistress is dead, but don't you go. Your master will be a good master to you. <laughs> but he's coming for you, honey. <laughs> Mr. Chappell said that he carried out the ritual at hives at Clarence House and Buckingham Palace. He cared for more than a million bees overall, but numbers dropped by late summer. Clarence House has two hives and Buckingham Palace has five. And there's estimated 20,000 insects at the moment during summer months. Over a million buzz around the hives, and the official palace beekeepers are the bees for 15 years, but did not realise that informing the bees was part of the job. I wonder how much he's paid to be the royal beekeeper. I, I honestly don't know. I mean, he's 79, so he's 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 doing it for the love, maybe. I don't know. He's retired, says there. So he's just doing it for the love, I guess. Does it for the title, royal beekeeper? Yeah, it's a pretty cool title. Yeah. 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 It's better than privy of the stool. <laughs> uh, genuinely that was a title Henry VIII had a preview of the store they wiped his ass. nasty yeah. uh, so there you have real it. beekeepers there's one thing this funeral is going to have when, she, when, when we get the day off for the funeral bees <laughs> god wouldn't that be ironic unleash be, the bees <laughs> into the crib. instead of doves bees what if all them bees turned up to the funeral uh, yeah <laughs> But shaped like a man, because they all like fly together in. Wearing a black suit in the shape of a person, like a big giant person. Well, men is like it could be a, like, could be twenty thousand of them. We're going to be more than. There's going to be a lot they of bee could, people in that crew. Uh, they, no, they're just, it's not just going to be them. They're going to be like calling all their mates. Yeah. And going like, oh, get the buzz and uh, come over. Get the yeah, buzz. Yeah, see what I did. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mocking my accent. Yeah, very nice. <laughs> <laughs> But do you know what, though? That sad news, they must have all really lost all their buzz as well. Really. Uh, uh, like getting the punk crowd. Right buzz uh, kill. No punk crowd. It was the right buzz <laughs> kill, wasn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that. Into, into the Queen Elizabeth herself, aren't they? Does anyone see that Claire, cloud? Honestly, don't. I was just at the cloud. Oh my god. Over, over. It was seen in Lawley and then it was seen in lots of different oh, places. It's all right a cloud. Telford. Looks like anything you wanted to. It does kind of look it a little does, bit like. It does look nothing like a bee. You can it see it. It looks nothing like a. You can see it like a side on view of someone wearing a hat. Someone wearing a hat. Oh, yeah. So someone's in a cloud that looks like... Could be Jack the Ripper. ...and thinks it's some sort of, like, you know, omen or something. I said Mike one the other night. Is, is, oh, look, a double rainbow over Buckingham Palace and somewhere Balmoral as she died. It's just a no... Let us know she's gone to heaven. Oh, fuck off. Fuck off. No. Not having it. No. Ben's not having it. Oh, it's a twenty it's a twenty first century. Why are we still fucking even posting shit like that? Oh I saw that. that. Does look a bit... I saw it, oh, I thought it looked like this. What are you looking yeah, at? You yeah. have to tell the rest of us this is audio only. You do know that it does look when you look at it. Looks that, nothing like it's, it's a like fucking blob of a clown. Look at the ears. Yeah, but it's it is it does, but it's paranoia, isn't it? Of course it is. But lots of people saw it. It's like, mm. yeah, okay, I understand why why people thought that. It does look a yeah, bit like... Yeah, because everyone's thinking of the Queen. Buttons. Yeah, but it, yeah. It, when you look at the Queen with the hat, she's... She oh, for Christ's sake, stop trying to defend it. It's a fucking cloud. <laughs> I think it was... The, look, there's another one there. Oh, great. Another cloud. I know. Looks like the UK. OK, let's move on from the clouds, shall we? What? Let's get in the clouds. <laughs> yeah. Idiots. 
Next up, Red Arrow pilot had to drive at 400 miles per hour with his knees. What? Why? What's wrong with his feet? His hands <laughs> fell off. <laughs> mm. yeah, his, his hands just... Oh, shit. Uh, flying planes do that. That's what happens when you fly planes too long. He stuck his hands at the cockpit and he got frostbite. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> She's a bit daft. Mm. <laughs> he obviously had to operate something else with his hands. The pilot recalled the moment he had to fly at 400 miles per hour using his knees after colliding with a seagull as an air show. Oof. What's he doing? Red with Six knees? Squadron leader Gregor Ogston had to abandon the real air show mid routine on August the 28th when a seagull flew into the jet's canopy. He told her he had to close his eyes and duck while travelling at 400 miles per hour towards another aircraft, reports to Lincolnshire Live. He said it was quite an eventful day. We were about halfway through the show and just started the more dynamic second half of the display. I was running down the display line at 100 feet, going around 400 miles per hour, pointing at Red 7, where out of the corner of my eye I saw a seagull in my peripheral vision. I closed my eyes and ducked at that point. <laughs> oh, fuck. Because <laughs> it was so close and the bird hit the canopy, which unfortunately shattered. The bird and lots of the canopy then flew into the cockpit. Fuck me. No. The incident happened about two seconds before we actually crossed in the middle of the display. Fuck. I was almost flying blind briefly for a couple of seconds and thankfully, with complete trust in Red 7 coming the other way, whose job it is to avoid me, the aircraft whizzed past my left wing as my canopy shattered around me. Oh, there's a picture there, the fucking... Yeah. Fuck. You see the, the seagull on... Is that the seagull there on his head? Is that blood? No, bit of blood is, and... Yeah, that's a bit of seagull remnants. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing 400 miles an hour, 100 feet above the ground, doing a crossover with the other guy who, fortunately, the seagull didn't hit because it's his job to avoid you. Yeah. Right? If it was the other way round, the seagull hit him, they're both dead, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Fortunately, that guy's just like, shit, grabs a stick with his knees, tries to get the seagull fucking blood and guts out of his eyes. Nasty. Yuck. Yep. I like the red arrows though. Yeah, they're brilliant. I've never seen them. You must have seen them, Mike. Well, I've seen them on TV, but I've never seen them live. Haven't you? I've no. seen them more times than I can genuinely remember. Mm. I've seen them more on telly than I've seen them live. You would though, wouldn't you? Yeah. Always living around air bases mm. and that. There was always air shows, and yet the red arrows always turned up an air show. They do. The attention um, whores. British Aerospace as well, they used to just mm. come and train there because they used to make the Hawks in British Aerospace in Wharton and obviously the Red Arrows are the Hawk 200s, I believe. They're um, the Hunter Hawks, yeah. They're the 200s. Don't you, that's the only thing role they have now, isn't it? Are they, twi are they twin seaters, are they? The training ones are twin seaters. I think they're single seaters. Because that's the difference between the Hawks, mm. the 100 and the 200. Mm. One, the 100 was the one seat and the 200 was the two seater. Yeah. But obviously, because they were manufactured there, you'll find they were probably repaired there and all sorts. Yeah, and just yeah. worked on, tinkered on. So yeah, we used to see the red arrows quite often. I remember I'd be at primary school, yeah. and our school would we'd be given the heads up, like, oh, they're doing a training display. Like, so if you want to watch them, you come out onto your field at one o'clock, and you can watch the red arrows perform because it was literally like a couple of hundred mm. metres yeah. away from the airfield. <laughs> it was amazing, really. So, yeah, I got to see them mm. dozens of times. And, yeah, they're, they're always amazing. Even now, if I see them yeah. now, it's like... <gasps> I sit there like a big kid 
twinkly starry eyes <laughs> kind of looking at them going, do they do they're Cosford. amazing. Do you do Cosford? Yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. been. I only live 10 miles away from Cosford. I know, but yeah, try mate, you try and get into that fucking place. Yeah, you try getting tickets. Mm. After everyone that works at Cosford has got tickets for them and all their family, there's probably a couple of thousand of tickets left. Yeah. And they're gone. I've like never that. actually been into... I mean, so I've got to explain for the listeners around the globe... Cosford is like a local airbase to us. It's what, a 40 minute, 30 minute drive away? Yeah. Not even that. 10 miles. It's 10 about, miles it away. It takes about 20 minutes to get there. And they have this big air display every year, and obviously you have different planes flying around. And the Red Owls always turn up. I've never actually been in to the grounds at Cosford to watch the air show. You watch it from afar, right? We yeah. used to watch it from a car park of a gardening centre called Roses and Shrubs, <laughs> which was about two minutes down the road and probably about a mile and a half away from the base perimeter and their car park and they used to charge people like a fiver to park there and watch the air show mm. and you had to reserve it in, in a, when they started selling the tickets to Cosford with a purchase you could reserve the, the, a seat mm. a place in the car park never yeah so I've never been in to watch it I've always watched it from afar it's mental it's, that was, it was the car park was fun. It was their busiest day of the year. I bet. That was the highlight of my childhood, watching an air show from a garden centre car park. <laughs> yeah, that's sad. No, not really. It was, it was, it was great. Like I say, you know. Anyway, I got, I got to sit on wings and things like that. Uh, I think it's going to VIP, you know. See, the reason I was I, 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 I joined the TA is I got to... <laughs> Did I get bummed by Paul McCartney? He said you sat on wings. Oh. <laughs> Were you bummed by wings? And Paul McCartney. Yeah. Yeah, I really was. But now, nah, but my uncle worked at GK and Sankey, so I could drive all the tanks. Cool. Which is why I ended up being a tanky rather than joining the Air Force, clearly. And being a wanky. <laughs> he used to call wanky tankies. <laughs> Shut up, PBIs. <laughs> Poor bloody infantry. Right, moving on. Yeah. A builder has been hit by a bottle of pee dropped from a crane in Worthing. Fucking hell. Unlucky. Poor guy was knocked unconscious when he was hit <gasps> when it was dropped from a 50 gonna meter say. crane. 50 no. metre crane, Jesus. Could have killed him. No, you don't know that. Huh? You'd have an hard hat on, wouldn't you? In that scenario, a bottle of pee and an hard hat probably would have saved his life. Yeah. Without the hard hat. Without the hard hat, he'd be dead. Him. Yeah, yeah. But I have to wear an hard hat at work. We've got like 500 kilogram pallets in the rack and like, make sure you that, wear your hard hat. Yeah, that hard hat ain't going to do shit. Not going to do anything, is it? No. It's <laughs> the goggles they did not. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's exact, that exact scenario. Oh, my body, the hard hat does nothing. Yeah, but what the hard hat does, it preserves your head so they can identify you. They can identify you by my tattoos if they want to. I think it puts, just puts a bit of space in not, between you not, and the object, doesn't not it? Not when a half-ton pallet squishes you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your head's the only thing still alive, like, intact. Does that mean like a put in a glass tank like in future armour? Yeah, man. Sweet. I can still do the podcast then. Well, they're building a health centre and working. An eyewitness says the worker was cold out after the bottle hit him on the head. Somebody in the crane did something they're not supposed to <laughs> witness no, So six police have also said the health and safety executive will be investigating the incident. No oh, shit, I again. I think the crane driver's going to get the sack. He's going to lose his job and get a very big fine. 
Yeah. And no longer be a crane operator. Yeah. What are the chances though? He's pretty good at a piss yeah. up there. He's like, oh, maybe he's got too many bottles of piss up there. I say, why couldn't he just fucking put the lid on and just leave it in there, the dirty bastard? Maybe he's got no room. Maybe he's got other bottles of piss up there and he needs to get rid of one. I wouldn't do that job, man. Imagine that those high winds fucking rocking that. Yeah, it's a well-paid job. He's I mean, just obviously, there's, up. obviously, there's a certain limit to the winds I can take, but mm. just imagine like you're at that limit. It's like a 50 mile an hour gust, and it's like you're just rocking. Mm. Oh, I, can't I was be watching that. a video of Chinese <laughs> Chinese bridge maintenance engineers, and they walk up this like the structure. Oh, they used off. to do that years ago in America to too. Top, yeah, to the top of the. Yeah, they walk up the wires. Yeah. Right to the top of the bridge. Up the cables, even. Fucking mental. Yeah. Better paid a lot. Probably not in China, no. Maybe not in China, no. I mean, they have to get a job. (laughs) The Golden Gate Bridge, for example, in in America, the one across the bay in, is it Los Angeles? San Francisco. San Francisco, sorry. San Francisco. Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. I mean, they have to get painted every so many years and they're just walking along the wires with bottles of cans of paint in their hand and brushes in the others. Painting the shit, they had to paint the cables too. It's mental. Yeah, they got a harness. I don't mind heights, but yeah, that that would be a bit of a you know what always challenge. Gets, what always gets me is that photo of the guys eating their lunch and that girder hanging yeah, out. Yeah. I was like, there's no way on fucking earth yeah, I'd be yeah. sat on that. That's mental. No yeah. way. I'd be they hugging it. I'd be it. hugging the fucking. They didn't have any harnesses. No. no. I'd be hugging the upright. Yeah. With harnesses attached. That's yeah. Like eating my fucking sandwich like up. Uh, like kind of... <laughs> it is crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it is. You gotta have fucking balls of steel. Yeah, I couldn't do it. I'm no good with heights, I admit that. But fuck me. I, I just, that photo is just like... Every time I see it, I think... Oh, fuck me, there's no way. No way. It gives me a little tingle of fear. That photo does, actually. You a little tingle in your willy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I usually ejaculate straight after. Oh, OK. <laughs> Fair enough. And moving on. That's, a, that's <laughs> different to where I was going. Uh, but yeah. OK. My, how you sleep could be, quote, strongest predictor of when you die, study says. Increased sleep fragmentation is the strongest predictor of mortality, according to a new review of studies. Well, this is not good for me, because I take naps. Oh, I like a nap as well. Naps, thank mm. you. But I'll, like, like this morning, I woke up at 5.30, stayed awake for an hour, then went back to sleep for another hour and a half. Oh, sleep fragmentation. Sleep fragmentation. And I get that a lot when I'm off work. Cursed you are. <laughs> <laughs> shit. The research published recently in the journal Digital Medicine have assessed 12,000 studies in investigating characteristics of individuals during their sleep, including chin and leg movement, breathing and heartbeat. Scientists, including Emmanuel Mignon from Stanford University, developed a system using machine learning to predict a person's sleep age and identify variations in sleep most closely linked to mortality. Sleep age, they say, is an estimated age of a person based on the characteristics of sleep that are linked to their health. Well, that's not good. Scientists cited the example of Parkinson's disease patients and said that in most cases, they violently act out dreams some five to ten years before other symptoms show. We're not doing that. 
I'm waking up to a bit and going to sleep. I'm fine then. That's fine. I'm not fucking acting out my dreams. We're good. See, I normally fall asleep on my sofa. Then I'll wake up at three, two, three o'clock in the morning and go, oh, I'm on my sofa. I'll go to bed. Then I go to bed and then wake up at eight o'clock in the morning. No, That's no, I always, I always make it to bed and pass the days of sleeping on the sofa. In naps on the sofa, I've yes. Got, re- I've got a reclining thing. chair, though, see. So when I'm sat there half 10, 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. Sat there a bit, bit stoned or something or whatever or a bit, have a few beers or whatever. Even just after work, you just sat there, your eyes just going, watching something good, and then that's it. Then I open my eyes and then it's three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You're like, oh, uh, telly's turned itself off. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll go to bed then, shall I? <laughs> you and the telly's deserted you at that point. I, know, I? Yeah. I hate that feature. I know it says electricity. But it feels very lonely when you wake up with that TV's off. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Assessing different features of individual's sleep, the new study found that sleep fragmentation, when people briefly wake up several times a night without remembering it, was the strongest predictor of mortality. Mm-hmm. Researchers say this kind of sleep disruption is different from when a person realises they are waking up, as reported in sleep disorders like insomnia and sleep apnea. However, it is unclear how sleep fragmentation is linked to the risk of death. To quote Dr Mignon, he says, determining why sleep fragmentation is so detrimental to health is something we plan to study in the future. Well, get on it, Dr Mignon! <laughs> Not just, like, give me a vague promise of, of fucking non-fragmented sleep and immortality. I think it's a load of bollocks, to be honest. Yeah, you know what? I, I agree, Pete. I think it's being able to sleep differently. Yeah, I think it's a load of bollocks. My mum's slept for about fucking three or four hours a night if she's lucky for probably 15, 20 years. Yeah, but that's, diff- that's insomnia. But so did Napoleon. It Some people just out, need four Pete. hours sleep a night. It just ruled that out. It's yeah, but they're saying people that, that sleep, that wake up in the middle of the night without realising they're waking up. Right, so how do you know that's. How well, do you know you're doing you've it, got then? no idea. It's going to be a partner telling yeah. you or. You, you're going to be oh, asleep. You've got this school cap on. Yeah. You're in like a sleep mm. therapy sort of place. What if you're lonely like me and you and you? I'm not lonely. Who do you sleep with? Your housemate. <laughs> <laughs> you go to bed with him, do you? No. No, uh, no. Let I'm me a, know if I wake up. Mate. I enjoy having a very, I enjoy having a large bed to myself. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to get that habit. <laughs> See, my cat produces a detailed report for me every morning. <laughs> I, I, just, I just film myself while I'm asleep, watch myself get possessed by a demon, go out, kill people, come back covered in blood, shower. Because he's watched... Get back the, into sleep. Because he's watched all the porn on the internet, nothing else gets him going anymore, so the only thing you could think of was like... Murder porn. Watching himself sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I used to invoke an ancient entity and invited it into my body. Sweet. <laughs> yeah. Something to do, innit? Well, nothing else going on. <laughs> this is a, well, when you're asleep, yeah, you ain't doing fuck all else. Nothing else going on. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, moving on. Dad thought he was spiked at the pub, but he'd actually been bitten by a spider. Oh, fuck me, that's a blister and a half. Jesus. Oh, I'd love to pop that. Let's lance it. No, God, yeah. no. Let's get the leeches on it. I mean, I'd hate to have it, but I'd fucking, I'd love lancing it. Makes me feel funny. Describe to listen and what that is. That is, this guy, um, he's a big bloke, and he's got a very big calf, but this blister 
My God, it's got to be six inches across. Yeah. It's got to be. And it's got a little sister as well above it. Yeah, and at the bottom. Yeah. And it's it's at least what, two, two and a half inches out. That's and he's just left that. I'd have lanced that fucker as soon as it That's came up. That's got to be holding, like, I don't know. Half a litre. Half a litre. 500 mil, it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be five or pint of liquid. When Nathan Green woke up the morning after a boozy trip to the pub, he realised he had more than just a hangover. The 50-year-old tug company manager from Lowestoft in Suffolk said he woke up on June the 13th feeling like he'd been run over and thought he'd been spiked. His wife, Dawn, encouraged him to go to A&E after he noticed a growing blister on the back of his leg. Nathan said, I was in the beer garden on Sunday. It's my day off and I like to sit there, listen to the band and have a few beers. It was a hot day and I was out in the garden enjoying myself and talking to mates. I felt something up and tickled my leg a bit, so I brushed my leg like you do. I didn't really think a lot of it. I was drinking away quite merrily and when I got home I started shaking and felt cold. I felt rough and remember thinking, this ain't right. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't right. I felt really, really ill. He said, by the next day, his ankle was bright red and three <coughs> times the size it should be. By the time I got to A&A and it turned into a small football, every time I looked at it, it got bigger. The woman looked at it and said, you've been bitten by a false widow spider. You've been bitten by a false widow spider, you are, mate. <laughs> See, this is why false That's widows... That's what it is. This is why false widows should be fucking squished if you yeah. see them. Because they I, are... They can be nasty. I don't even know what one looks like. A bit like a black widow. That looks like a misspot, isn't it? Nah, it's got a skull got a on the very, back, hasn't it? It's got a very fat, black, shiny abdomen. Right. With like a, the Black Widow has got like a red flash on the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the False Widow is just black. It's got a skull on the back. Yeah. A skull on the back? Yeah. Because, well, weirdly... It's like a whitish, grey... Yeah. yeah it's like White a, on black, I think. Yeah. I wonder if I've got one in the house then, because I found three spider corpses earlier... That like all died within close proximity of each other. Might not have been a spider corpse. It could have been its um, exoskeleton. Ooh. Oh, I still got three spiders lurking around. Yeah. Now almost bigger, definitely legs. That are bigger. Than... I named one called Legs because he had massive legs. Yeah. So if that so... is the exoskeleton, not the actual spider, you've got a bigger version of that still alive. Motherfucker. And bigger versions of the other two still alive. They were smaller, but they're bigger now. Is that a false widow? <laughs> Yeah. I'd run in my fucking kitchen ages ago last year called a Jeff. Yeah, kill them fuckers if you ever come across yeah. them. Because they aren't nice at all. They, As you've just seen no, by no, this... No, no, it wasn't Jeff. That wasn't Jeff. As you've just seen by this no. uh, bit of news... They no, Jeff was fatter than that. Like, they're not deadly like a black widow, but you don't want that, do you? No. No, you don't. I don't like spiders. I'm not a fan of spiders. I'm more tolerant of them nowadays. I'm not a fan. Yeah, me too, but yeah, fuck Blackwood. Mm. We, I killed one a couple of months back, me and the kids found one. Just outside the front of our house, had a really thick web, and it was just in the corner, and I was like, that, that's a fucking false widow, that. So I got a brush. Flamethrower. I just got a brush, and I just like squished it with the end of the brush, and it, it literally popped. It went, yeah. and like, all the juices went, oh, it was horrible. Spiders just die in fire, get a deodorant can and a lighter next time. <laughs> Poor bugger. Yep. And finally... Still, still fucking lance that shit. Mm. So a woman terrorised by a neighbour who bangs on her door at all hours wearing creepy mask. That's it, much, isn't it? 
homeowner who installed cameras on the front of the door after being terrorised all hours by a neighbour has captured terrified footage of someone wearing a Halloween mask. Now when this says Halloween mask, they literally mean the mask from Halloween. So it's yeah. Michael Myers? Yeah. Michael mm -hmm. Myers mask. So she said she called the police after the harassment escalated as she shared a video of the masked person dancing creepily in front of her door. Posting a video on Reddit, she captioned nightmare neighbour has been trying has been harassing me for months. In the footage taken from the front door of what appears to be block of flats shows a person wearing a mask worn by fictional murderer Michael Myers in the movie Halloween. They approach the door doing a strange dance before swearing at the camera and shuffling off. Well, two things to take away from this really, all right? First of all, I really admire his commitment to he's been doing this for months. No? Has he actually done anything? He hasn't broke the law in any way. No. He's just been a dick. And I kind of admire his commitment to the role. Mm. Second of all, at least she knows it's a neighbour and not the actual Michael Myers. Or some crazy, creepy or killer. Or someone's going to kill her in her sleep. He might. Well, he might do. Well, yeah. <laughs> but as he's been advertising himself for months on a camera, it's really unlikely he's really likely he's not going to because the police are just like, oh, there's clearly that guy in it. <laughs> and it's now on the news as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're banging on the door at all hours. Yeah. Oh, it's inconvenient. I'm going to say those are two plus points to mm. it. Well, one for him and one for her. I'd just dress up like totally. I'd go to town on my makeup, yeah, and one day just open the door and scare the shit out of it uh, with a knife, something blood coming off it. I don't, I don't know. Would you, would oh. you go as Jason Voorhees? Would you? No, I'd, I'd and go be like Jason versus Michael. I don't know. Go as Freddy. No, I hire some Armenian gangsters to cut off his feet and hands. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, can I just ask a question? <laughs> Right. Have you ever been in contact with any Armenian gangsters? <laughs> Not recently, no. <laughs> Not recently. Have you ever asked them to cut off anyone's feet and hands for you? No, but I'm sure they'd do it. If you would, they would cast. Just, just, you know, purely out of interest. Roughly. 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 Roughly, an estimate. Sure, they do for 20 quid, wouldn't they? 20 quid? Armenian gang. Alright, half three. <laughs> I'll be in the mood tomorrow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm surprised the, the police haven't come round and knocked on his door and said, pack it in. I'm surprised that Mark's next to the Armenian underworld. <laughs> Don't talk yeah. about the past. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Mike was like John Wick once. <laughs> <laughs> the floorboards oh. of his flat there's a box full of coals and a gun and a mighty fallen eh there's a boogie man <laughs> gold prices are up at the minute mm -hmm. get it sold and oh man someone's <laughs> 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 jump sure if I get someone to cut your hands and feet off <laughs> Alright, Mike, you know, quick. <laughs> you know what? I'll give you $60 next week. <laughs> I want three doing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I think we're going to have a show on that. On that bombshell. On that bombshell. I'm Ben. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at Cunthorpe on the Pulse of Apocalypse, uh, YouTube at Apocalypse Ball, 
and on most podcasting platforms, but especially SoundCloud, at Cutting the Ball on the PTA. And I say, if you are going to fly a jet at 400 miles an hour, 100 feet above the ground, with your knees, with seagull entrails in your eyes, covering your face, the carcass of the birds splattered everywhere around you, then at least you play in Kenny Loggins. Welcome to the danger zone! <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, Mike, thanks for listening. Peace out, Mother Force, be with you. And I've been Claire, don't be chucking no pee out of any cranes, high buildings, or anything. And I've been Pete. Stop knocking on people's doors dressed as Michael Myers. But at least they know it's not the real Michael Myers. But it's just so 1980s. Come on. People love vintage, you know. At least go Godzilla or something. Well, that's just so scary, though, is it? Well, it, Godzilla. Godzilla's scary, yeah. If he's attacking your city. And he's not but the if size he's not, of a man. Yeah, if <laughs> yeah. he's the size of a man and ringing your doorbell, <laughs> you're like, well, that's not Godzilla, that's just a bloke. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I was thinking of a, life, a life-size Godzilla. Well, yeah, but he wouldn't be able to get down to ring your doorbell. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> Depends on what yoga he does, I guess. Because, <laughs> I mean, if he's, like, 50 feet tall... And you've got a first floor apartment. Maybe he uses He's a minion. He's got to squat down a long way. He's got a And minion. use... How big are Godzilla's arms? I don't know, but he just uses big toenail, wouldn't he, too? Oh, exactly. Yeah. He's got to be accurate with it. He needs a camera, don't he? Godzilla! Does Godzilla have cameras on his toe claws? Yeah, of course he does. Mechagodzilla does. Well, Mechagodzilla would, yeah. Clearly. Yeah, there you go. Boom. Good night. <laughs>